Life Camera Action! We're shooting threes, just SMB. We're gonna watch and review film trilogies. It's all for laughs, so just sit back. We're gonna drop hella dimes on this podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Shooting Threes. We are back with our favorite little cutie patootie. We're gonna be talking about how to train your dragon to to train to dragon. I am Sarah Griffith. You sounded <laughs> like a YouTube tutorial uh, just then. I'm Bridget Greenberg. I'm sitting, okay, for the listeners, I'm sitting at my new desk and I do feel very like, welcome back to my channel. Today's sponsor is Squarespace. Um <laughs> It's the desk. I mean, it's the power of the desk. And my mic is on yeah. a mic stand. Like, I'm feeling it. Like, I just need to put on my, like, LED strip lights. It's like my gamer setup. Yeah. Uh, Sarah's going to start twitching soon. I don't know why we're making fun of it. It's not that different from what we're doing right now. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to start twitching. Is that the verb when people are on Twitch, they're twitching? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I just that's just a funny way to describe it. They're twitching. <laughs> they're twitching. Don't disturb them. They're twitching. Well, we got a lot of requests from our subscribers to talk about this movie, so we checked it out. This is DreamWorks How to Train a Dragon 2, released in 2014. Um, let's just dive in, shall we? <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Uh yeah, we're back with our favorite uh cutie pie. A little toothless. And this time he has cutie friends because we're on oh. Burke and the dragons are we're friends. We're back on Burke, baby. It's Burke Town. Uh, we established that this is five years after the events of the first movie. Um, instead of killing dragons now. Makeup's a little older. Makeup's a little yeah. older. Um, They're all a little older. Their puberty is hidden. Them. Well, not even. They're 20. So I don't know why they're acting like this. Uh, you know, it's so funny. Like they, all of them still have like a youth to them, but Hiccup is fully like, my dad wants me to be the chief of the tribe or like whatever. And it's like, wow, you are but 20 years old. Like, I don't know. Stoic seems like he's in his fifties. Like, I don't know why that would be the time to like pass it on to a kid who is 250 yeah, pounds mean, lighter. I don't think they live. Maybe not. Right. I mean, I don't think they... If time-wise, I don't think they're living very well, long. Well, they have that grandma that has all the baby dragons. But just the one, actually. I don't see a lot of elderly people. There's just, she's like the elder. So I don't, like, I think 20 is probably like, he's probably like the Prince Charles of the place. They're like, all right, about time. What does this kid have done? Yeah, maybe that's just like Viking lore that it we were not bothered enough to research. <laughs> like, maybe there's, yeah. maybe there's uh, like truth to this. And we're just like, what a stupid no yeah well it's very funny because like now they i mean i guess they always say he, he had a crush on hiccup had a crush on astrid at the first movie but now they're all uh like horny for each other yeah actually can i just uh, like come in real quick with a fun fact i found from reading the wikipedia page wikipedia hit us i love those wikipedia lists astrid as hiccup's fiance. Did you get the vibe that they were engaged? Did I miss that? Y yes. Yes. Only because, um, I mean, they never directly mention it, but I did clock that when they're doing the dragon racing in the opening scene, yes. um, which I do want to talk yes. about. Um, and uh, Stoic is like, where's my son? And then Astrid like dunks a sheep. Uh, he's like, that's my daughter-in-law. 
He says the words, that's my daughter-in-law. I have seen this movie twice. I have never heard him say that. Yeah. No, I clocked that. This is also, uh, I realized, my first time seeing this movie. Oh, what a Uh, treat for you. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the first time we've... No, that's not true. I was going to say, we've done a movie on this podcast that I had seen. The Matrix, we had not seen. Uh, Or I had not seen the third one. The Matrix, and then then famously, uh, the first... Oh, right. The first Fifty Shades What are those movie. movies called? Fifty Shades of Grey. Which, by the way, yeah. I was in a conversation and Fifty Shades came up and I just like vomited so much information about those movies. And I had to be like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I do a podcast. And so it's actually work. <laughs> it's work that I know this um, because I realized these people didn't know that. And it just- and now that you've mentioned Fifty Shades, I have to repeat the podcast I did at you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, let's talk about it. We, we visit Burke. Burke is, um, you know, ch- kind of similar to the place where we left it in the last movie, but a little more evolved. Adjusting. Like and people have met. Okay, but this is my, I, I wrote this down. You just know there's anti-dragon freaks on Burke. Like, it's a good thing that it's five sure. years after the fact, so people have had time to adjust to, like, the fact that dragons are friends. But I feel like there's got to be, like, a conservative holdout of, like... Those freaks belong on the well, ground and not in the sky. Well, well, we do meet those people. Kind of. Yeah, actually, yeah. That That is a thing in this movie. But uh, I mean, like, on Burke, like, in the village. Specifically on Burke. Well, we, we, we talked about that at the end of the last movie, that, like, how shocking it seemed. Like, he opened the door and everybody was immediately fine with dragons. Yeah, but you know what? I will say, um, and I'll get to this later, I'm kind of picking up a theme and maybe like I wouldn't necessarily call it a criticism but these movies love to introduce a new idea and like characters are pretty progressive in this world like characters are very like oh sure yeah. okay actually yeah I've thought one way my whole life but in a second I I agree with you and you know what I don't yeah. resent you at all for that at all I actually I'm totally on board like wow there's not a lot uh, of convincing no one resents anybody yeah, there's no resentment in this movie at all, and I will. And there's also more to talk about. On we'll that get to that. Front. We'll get to that. Um, we also yeah. mentioned the characters have aged up. Do you remember? And maybe I'm just like I'm. I'm definitely more online than you are. But when this movie came out, I remember there was like disc, not discourse, but like it was kind of the thing online that Hiccup was hot, and people were really freaked out about that. Um, Do you remember that? Because I remember that being a vivid kind of. It's. It's ringing a bell. It's ringing a bell. I think that was more for the third one when he had like a beard. Well, the third, I mean, he just gets hotter if we're being honest. Um, But I do remember the second one, people were kind of shaken up like, oh, Hiccup is like cute. But it's funny because he's hot in a very like. Jim Halpert. Like the the hairstyle. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, it was a little after 2014, but he has some stubble in this one. Like he's definitely more grown up. Uh, And like, he's a nice boy. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. And he, yeah, with a dra- with a cute dragon dog, you know, a little kitty cat. Is is got yeah, a uh, cat dog dragon, horse dragon. Yes. Uh, so you know, I get the appeal. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, he is cute. But I, I, I do remember, like, especially in the Tumblr circles, that being like, oh my god, he's yeah. hot. Yeah. How do we How do we feel about the two braids? His little baby braids. Um, His little dreads. Okay, so because this was the second time I'd seen this movie, frankly, I wasn't watching it as closely. So every now and then I would 
catch them on screen like later in the movie like my eyes would focus on them and then I would it would almost kind of take me out because it looks a little bit weird which is like kind of the point like they're small little baby braids but um several several yeah. times they just kind of stuck out to me in a weird way yeah like who did them I mean Astrid clearly just like did yeah. them and then he kept them yeah. in like again he's supposed to be 20 they do all act like teenagers still in this yes, movie yes and I will say this movie does this thing, which is completely fair. A lot of sequels do, but like when two characters get together romantically at the end of the first movie, I feel like it's always like the beginning of the second movie where <laughs> one character has to be like, stop it. He's just my boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like they have to like establish like a relationship in a way that oftentimes is just kind of yes. like super corny and <laughs> and it's like okay i got it like i remember from the last one for sure like i was there yeah yeah you also don't have to say it you can just like show it and we would get it totally uh, totally but i get but maybe not because i completely missed when stoic you miss it yeah his daughter-in-law like okay fucking hell yeah uh yeah you did miss that detail but yeah the the dragon racing is a pretty cool opening um I do like they say it twice about how, um, you know, everybody and everything lives in harmony and happily on Burke, yeah. uh, except for the fucking sheep. Yeah, I guess fuck them. But you know what? Look at all the fur they're wearing. Look at all the meat they're eating. Like, yeah, I mean, that's probably just like their their culture, their society. Yeah, I guess so. Does sheep breed that much that they're just like, because also it's an island. Are you asking me? It's a pretty remote island. Are you asking island. me if sheep breed a lot? Do Yeah, you're from Texas. I look like a farmer to you? Am I an agriculturalist? But actually they do and I know that for a fact. I, I yeah, I guess they must cuz like there are towns that have more sheep than people. New Zealand. So that makes sense. New yeah. Zealand. There are just so many dragons and so many people and it's an island and they're just like dunking sheep left and right. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's probably one of your main food sources. Yeah. And cattle. And and fish. I don't think. And fish. It's a very, wow, yeah. actually a very uh, heart healthy diet they have. Like, she, like lamb. Sturdy, sturdy Vikings. Sturdy, solid yeah. bowel movements on Burke. I mean, in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have Hiccup charting this world now that they can fly, yes. which I like that. I think that's a great way to expand the world. Um, Dean DeBloy, DeBlois, DeBloy, DeBlois, our director. Right, the writer, director, yeah. It's one of those French names, so I kind of don't know. DeBlois, DeBlois. DeBlois, yeah. Dean DeBlois. I'm going DeBlois. Uh, anyway, he cited Empire Strikes Back and My Neighbor Totoro as inspirations for this film. He knew he wanted to make a trilogy. Oh. Um, again, this is the Wikipedia read. Uh, but like specifically when he talked about Empire Strikes Back, he was talking about like, it doesn't just expand the world in terms of characters, but like we literally go different places. I love a sequel that goes to different places. Like show us the yeah. characters going uh, like more. I want a bigger world. I want better world building. I want to see like, what is the landscape here? And, uh. And this lends itself so well because he said, you know, Vikings on the backs of dragons, that's unstoppable. And like clearly what they're doing with dragons is not just like racing them and, and having cool pets and using them for protection. But they're also they can go much farther and faster than they could with ships. Yes. 
now. So it makes sense that uh, he's exploring, finding new places. He seems surprised when he runs up on new people. Yeah. Uh, he's a very naive boy. Uh, 20, 20 years living on one island. I mean, what do you... What do you- sure. But he's like, there are new people you guys also know about dragons. That is, what? I guess that is interesting. I just kind of always accepted it as that, like, okay, sure, you know. Um, because, like, Stoic also has, like, a huge, like, navy with him in the last movie. And it is a little bit like, so where the fuck did these people come from? Right. They're, they are Vikings. They do famously explore other lands. Yeah, that's kind of their whole thing. But, uh, yeah, I guess I, like... Yeah, he does. Put it nicely, explore. He does kind of show up like Star Trek, like onto a new island. Like, so do you people here also, Dragon? Like, uh, we gotta, you gotta pick up a book, dude. And like, you gotta learn something about something. Yeah, especially, I mean, Stoic, you're not taking him on your ships or whatever. You want him to be a king so bad, get him out off that fucking island. I have a lot of questions about the way Hiccup was raised by Stoic. Much to discuss as sure. we get there. Um, we also see that Hiccup is learning to build like some kind of flying contraption himself. So he is also like a dragon. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Uh, very fucking sick. Very cool. I like to see his um, new leg be used in like a practical and cool way. Yeah. I feel very strongly about... Um, I guess <laughs> I feel very strongly. That's a little bit intense. But I guess I just... I love to see disability on screen yeah and in a way that is like complementary to a character because i feel like so often when a physical disability especially is on screen it's like it's a negative it's a setback to the character it's used in like horror tropes oftentimes and this is a prosthetic that is actually not only does it look fucking cool it services the character and it winds up being an asset not only for hiccup but also for toothless yeah. And I think that's great to see in a in especially in a young kids movie. Yeah, and it's something that like bonds him and his his and Toothless. Uh they're friends. Yeah. They take they're care the of same. each other. They're the yeah. same. They're like and they take care of each yeah. other and and they need each other. Um too because of, you know, they work better together. Uh Right. So we meet is his name Eret? Eret. Yes. R I T. Eret, E-R-E-T. Oh, I did not Eret. realize was Kit Harrington somehow. You know what? I didn't either. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm the dumbest motherfucker. Really? Alive. Yeah. Of I was like, of course, course that's yeah. Kit Harrington. Of course of it's Kit course Harrington. Of course it is. Um, um, yes, but he's there. He's got a band of dragon snatchers, I think is what trappers. they call themselves. Trappers. Trappers. Excuse me. Um, we learned that there is another... Big bad guy out there named uh, Dro- Bloodquist. Go Drogo Dro- Bloodquist, which Drago Drago. Yeah, another okay. Drago for kids. <laughs> I'm like so- sorry. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not just making sounds with my mouth as I read the Wikipedia page out loud. Eret Drago. Yes, Bloodquist, which um, is. They could have tried harder on that name, but maybe it's from the books. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, he's he's a uh, he's the big bad. I guess he 
you know, uses dragons and uh, to build his army, but not like in a cool way like they do on Burke in like a mean, uh, abusey way. Uh, Take he over hates the world the kind of way. Yeah, he uh, he hates. He seems to hate the dragons. Yes, uh, I I mean he's a trapper. He's a bad guy, and uh, this is the first that Hiccup seems to be realizing that that is a possibility or a thing. There are still people in the world who can hear his magical message that dragons are good. Yeah, uh, I mean they. I mean obviously on Burke they used to think dragons were bad, but they were more just like afraid of them. They didn't even consider like yeah that they could control them in any way, whether for good or bad purposes. Well, and also like as we established in the last movie, humans and dragons have the same end goal. Like they're just trying to hunt, survive, and protect each other. Like everyone's just trying to live, know. man. Exactly. Can't we all just get the fuck along? I'm begging you, please. Ugh. But yeah, they their ship seems to have been blown up in this crazy ice sculpture, which was super cool. And uh yeah. Drago and his crew assumed that Hiccup uh did it with his dragon. And Hiccup was like, nah. And they they flee the scene. Uh yes. They're like, we gotta get out of here. This is this is bad. They're bad people in the world, turns out. Uh, that are yes. besides you know there are more people in the world and some of them are not good. Hiccup is learning this at twenty years old. Yeah, um, I actually thought about this like if you think about like a dragon as a metaphor for like a wolf because I was thinking like this is what it must have been like when they first started to domesticate dogs. Sure. Yeah. Like, one person was like, actually, I gave this wolf food and now he's like relying on me to feed him and he's and now, obedient to what I need. And now I can scratch his tum-tum. And, and now he's letting me scratch him behind the ear and if you still get his tail, he's doing something kind of funny back there but I think it's pretty cute. But you know there must have been a lot of people that were like, it's a wolf. It will kill sure. you. Yeah, there, I mean there's up. still people like that with dogs, so. And those people will burn in hell. Yeah. Rest assured. Uh. I will find them. I will send them down to hell. I was, uh, yeah. I, no, go on. I was a little, yeah. I mean, it ultimately, it corrected itself and obviously, you know, went in a good way. But I was a little worried about the message this movie was particularly sending about, like, at first I was like, are they saying we shouldn't have pets? Like, I thought, I thought it was going to be, like, middle ground of, like, we should just let the dragons roam free and it was going to be that anti-pet movie anti-pet movie i'm glad it it definitely was not that at the end but there was a moment there i'm gonna be honest actually that's true of like drago was a character for me that like again even though i've already technically seen this movie before i had kind of forgotten like the middle section of the movie and i there was actually a few times in this movie that i was concerned like oh my god is it really just gonna be this but then it keeps surprise yeah it, it keeps unfolding um but yeah, uh, Hiccup rushes back to Burke, tries to tell uh, his dad that there are bad people, and his dad kind He's of like, ends honey, up like, no yeah. shit. Uh, starts fortifying the castle, starts preparing for war, because he had met Drago before. He had met this Blitzquist yes. before. And I guess there was this big meeting of Viking Chiefquist to talk about- He went to the Dr- the Burke UN- yeah, and uh, he, <laughs> I did write, 
is Bloodquist Q. Uh, at one, point. <laughs> good one. Um, just because the way he talked about it was like there was this mysterious figure who came in wearing dragon cloaks and yes, uh, yes, had this agenda. Uh, yeah, this and was basically like I will, pr- I will either protect you from my dragons or my dragons are gonna ruin your shit. Yeah, uh, truly, and like had this whole like. And as he's telling the story, by the way, he talks about, like, dragons as being a danger. And then, like, the kids and a few other people laugh. And he goes, yeah, we laugh, too. It's like, you guys have been through a lot of different opinions on dragons, apparently. Like five years. Five years ago, you were killing these guys straight out of the damn sky. Yeah. What Uh, the hell? Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, um, but basically when they were like, Drago, I think we're good, dude. Uh, Drago sent, uh, like, ordered his dragons to burn down this model UN, killing everybody but Stoic, who was intended to die but just managed to escape. And Hiccup hears all of that as like, no, I'm going to go talk to him. And once I, once I hears, once he hears my message, I think he'll understand. Hiccup. Hiccup. What I, I I'm so sorry. I know the movie has to do something in order for it to be a movie. No fucking way. At twenty, at any age, somebody would say, "But yeah, this person is so bad. Like he killed everybody for no goddamn reason at all." No way would my immediate next thought be, "Yeah, but I can fix him." Like, no, right. I'm so sorry. No, no. This man who killed everybody for not getting on board his plan of capturing all the dragons to then rule the world. Uh, yeah. Nefariously, I assume. Uh, and Stoic says and something Hiccup, like, Yeah, Hiccup is not a 20-year-old. Yeah, you can't reason, yeah, you can't reason with a man who kills for Fun. no reason. Or, he says something along, the, yeah, something like that. And then Hiccup's like, Dad, I promise if I just get five minutes to talk with him, I know he'll see what the rest of us sees. Like, I don't yeah. know. I Look, actually don't I know, know 20, if all people can change. I know 20 is young. I was certainly naive at 22, but not that naive. Again, these children are what, acting it, closer to like 13. Yeah, and it also seems like Astrid and like his friends are like, you tell him hiccup, you you go over there. Like I think they're supporting of him, and it's like, I I don't I this is when I would talk my friend out of. I'd be like, hey friend, let's really think right. about what we just heard and what we know about this person and what you think you're about to do. Right. I mean, also we're preparing hiccup to be a king. Let's let's get some like wits about this guy. <laughs> I'm saying, I am saying, honest to fucking god. Let's let's wake him up to the real world a little bit stoic. I know you want him to be this big tough king and also protect him, but you got to do one or the other, man. You're you're letting him do just go about him, and he's got to learn a thing or two about how the world works. Which, speaking of stoics, parenting, hiccup. Then flies off. He's flying through the clouds, stunning the Roger Beautiful. Deakins touch on this film. Also very there. Floating into his vision through the clouds is this mysterious dragon rider with a cool mask. And it's like, is this Drago? Like, we don't know. Yeah. Um, And then like a gang of dragons and a gang of dragon riders, like not riders, but a gang of dragons pull up. They knock Hiccup out of the sky. 
They no, they knock Toothless out of the sky. They pick a pickup. They bring Hiccup back to his lair, leaving Toothless swimming in that ocean with no, the that, scary. That was a different. No, this is when Hiccup is separated oh, yeah, from yeah, Toothless because yeah. they oh. bring Hiccup to the dragon's nest. Right, right. And I thought, yeah, I still thought, yeah. Um, yeah, when Toothless hit the water, I gasped out loud like i did not like that i was i did not, not like it i did not, I did like, not like him struggling in the water to swim I, it uh yeah i i didn't like that i i want to which later we learned they did that just to bring him to like the bewildered beast that alpha dragon that also lives in the water yes no am i understanding that correctly no i think they didn't realize he couldn't fly on his own he needed Hiccup to fly. That's it, because like... he has... Right, because right. he's got that tail. Right. right. I've seen this movie twice, and I still am like... It's a little... I mean, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a little sloppy, but they... they I just realized, it. as I was talking about this, I was like, why did they knock Toothless out of the sky if they're like dragon lovers? But regardless, Toothless is fine. He's fine. Um, they bring fine. Hiccup to this dragon lair. It's fine. They bring Hiccup to this dragon lair. We think, oh my God, these dragons are about to kill him. He pulls out his cool lightsaber and he yeah. like entrances the dragon with fire, kind of like toothless. Like he he just has a way with these dragons. And that's when our mysterious dragon rider is like, oh my God, could it be? Reveal that dragon rider lady is actually lady. Hiccup's mother <gasps> voiced by Kate Blanchett, Valka. What a twist. Valka! What a twist. And, and like, so I wrote down, every truly great sequel has a, par- a parental reveal. Literally, if it is a, the sequel <laughs> to a movie and a random parent doesn't yeah. show up, get that shit out of my face. I only watch sequels that have parents being reunited with their long-lost children, Winner's Tale style. Yeah. Winter's uh, Tale style. Winter's Tale. Um Yeah. What a what a great reveal. Did not see it coming. Uh and great also reveal. works so well. In in the beginning he's talking to Astrid and he's like, I don't see how I came from my father. I don't know who I take after. And then we find out he's just like his mama. Who's this cool And um, also we talked about this with the first one, but a great screenplay here again. Just great. Yeah. I feel like everything they introduce, they bring back mm-hmm. just like nice and neat and good through lines, good foreshadowing, yeah. good little moments like that that actually fucking mean something. I feel like I've seen a lot of movies lately where it's like a really interesting idea is brought up and then like they never revisit it or it just turns out like, oh, that was just a scene for the right. sake of being interesting. Like, what the motherfucker? Like, it's nice to watch a movie that is like as simple as like, Thank you for actually remembering what you wrote 25 yes. pages ago and then bringing that back into right. what we're looking at right Thank you for now. sticking to some screenwriting 101 conventions. Uh, it is uh, Now, it is a kid's movie, see. so, yeah, some of it is pretty blatant because, again... But it's just, still... It's satisfying to see. But if just, it's it's elegant. Like, it's not so blatant. We're looking dead in the camera and winking. No, like, it's it's just nice foundation work. You can follow yeah, along when at it, home. When it's, it's very satisfying. It's done well, and, it, like, there are rules for a reason, and it is, like, you know, a satisfy like, in a good movie that's well done, simple, is very satisfying and very heartwarming. I will say, though, 
between toothless, uh, toothless, between hiccups like wingsuit and his dragon taming and his sword and all his little gadgets, he is dragon Batman. He is becoming he, yeah, dragon Batman. The utility belt on hiccup is quite thick. He's it's, got it's a growing. lot of toys. Uh, he's got a lot of toys, yeah. but yeah, it uh, it turns out he meets his mom. And he turns out at first, it seems like before we hear the whole story, I'm like, so his mom just ran away to like become a dragon hoarder. Right. It seems a little like at the beginning, I'm like, so she just left her son to become a dragon lady. I'm, I'm going to be honest, even when we do get the full background, it's still like lady. You never tried to find your way back complex. Yeah, yeah, this is a, especially because she's like literally a perfect dragon rider. Like she's walking on the backs, like she's flying alongside them fucking practically. She's got Oh, they Khaleesi. love her. Yeah. Yes. Like the alpha dragon is in like obsessed with her. So earlier when I talked about like, there's moments in the movie that are sometimes a little bit too easy where Hiccup just is like, okay, sure. When his mom, I think if this movie was written in the next, in the last like three years, I think their relationship would be a little bit more dynamic. And I think Hiccup would have a little bit more resentment for his mom. Recent animated movies like Turning Red, Encanto. Like, yeah. There's been a lot of animated movies that have kind of had reckonings where it's actually like, maybe your parents aren't always right. And maybe the lesson is, how do we forgive our family members for trying to do what they think is the right thing, but maybe isn't always the right thing, which right. is an important message. And in this movie, they it is really, a little bit like everyone is Hiccup forgiven. Is just like, you know what, mom? I forgive you. I love you, and you're my mother. And it's like, I are is that cool with you, Hiccup? Because I would feel some kind of way. Especially if it turns like, out my mom was just flying distance away from me this whole time, and right. was like, I just didn't that, think I'd be a good mom to you, right? And has been what? like clearly getting around and like knows the layout of the land and like has a lot she could have taught him i guess just because she didn't get along at burke um yeah she's a pacifist i mean again it makes sense because hiccup couldn't bring himself to kill a dragon in the first movie that's why we're here um so it makes sense right. that he kind of passes on that characteristic um right but like but lady yeah, your you, your son your baby your son, son also needs that help like because he like it never occurred to you that you also uh your son is a gentle boy too and needs you. Yeah, with all due respect to Hiccup's mom, but she's kind of one of those like crunchy granola moms. Oh, absolutely. Like, I so did right. Concerned. Yeah, she's like so concerned with like, she's one of those people that like, in an effort to end animal abuse, she's willing to be sexist and racist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's one of those people whose like priorities are like, I love animals too, but like maybe human beings are more important. In it's our it's like, sorry. And, and maybe I'll get. And maybe I'll get doxxed or whatever for this, but she is like a PETA extremist where that's where I got. Definitely, definitely PETA vibes. I got, yeah, this is another place where I got concerned because we see her dragon lair where dragons are running freely. And I was like, oh no, this is going to be like an anti-pet ownership uh, story. Because I was like, she just went. Yeah, that makes sense. Until she described what was actually going down, I was like, oh, did she just go to like live amongst the dragons and try to free all dragons and is going to tell Hiccup, like, you got to go back to Burke and get these people away from their dragons? Uh, Oh, that's an interesting instinct. uh, Yeah, maybe 
as a pet owner, you you a hit dog hollers, and you you were like, wait a second. No. What are we talking about here? No. Uh, yeah, I was worried my, that my... she was going to try to um, separate Toothless and Hiccup. I was like, no, let 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 the boy keep his dragon. They're best no, friends, no, no, and a, they need each bond. other. That's a bond. I have a question for you. Mm. Do you think Valka ever, like, fucked one of those dragons? Definitely. A hundred percent. I mean, she's been, she's been completely isolated for 20 years. Uh, yeah, she... <laughs> I have recently been watching a lot of uh, the show. Hentai? <laughs> Hentai, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> the show Alone, um, which is on Hulu. It's ba- You get a bunch of survivalists, and it's basically just like, see if they can make it 100 days with oh, 10 Oh, can you do it? Um, yeah. Uh, and you get a lot of people, and they go into the, some of their backstories. Also, watch Alone. Alone is fucking great. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I got to check yeah, it out. You, it's pretty good um but uh yeah you get a lot of these people's backstories and a lot of like the women there are are homesteaders and that's what she kind of just reminded me of of like yeah she just like takes care of like that is just her life uh she just like takes care of these dragons and lives there and like lives this very simple life so you know no but hard maybe (laughs) let me say it like this City girls buy toys. Dragon nest ladies make do. <laughs> sure. I mean, when Stoic arrives, it it seems like she wanted someone around. Uh, they reconnected also pretty fast. Although pretty that I smoothly. understood a little bit more. Like like for Stoic, I kind of understand that a little bit more. It, it's hiccup that I was just kind of like. Wow, you don't have any resentment towards your mother at all for abandoning you, like. And then, like, clearly, I yeah, mean, so- he's a good boy. Like, I, you know, good for him for being able to compartmentalize all that information in a very short amount of time. And it's not really like the principal theme of the movie, so I don't blame the movie for like. No, it's a not different having- movie. It, it's it becomes a very different movie. They they did so much first act setup that if they made this a a mother-son story which it kind of is but like if they went that route of mother redeeming yeah. herself or like it just becomes a then they do have to do that thing where they drop um drop all the setup that they had previously and just go a, yeah a, a yeah I, it, it it is a it's a it's a separate film entirely um yeah. i just think that uh you know just compared to like the recent slew of animated films sure. that have come out which have been like a little bit more forgiving about like Sometimes mom and dad are wrong, and like, how do we handle that? In this movie, it's just like, mom has always loved you, so don't be a little bitch. Come on, we got a movie to make. Let's go. Yeah, get uh, over it. That is, yeah, that is what it feels like. I think going into any of those feelings is just such a complicated thing that this movie is like, we need to just move. Uh, yeah, and you know what? If they had even dipped their toes in that water, I would be saying, oh, they should have explored that more if they were going to bring that up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, damn if right. they do, damn yeah, if they don't. Exactly. It's either you do that movie or you kiss, you make up, and you do the you rest You just of move it movie. right along. And you have this cool new but character. But I will say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but before Stoic gets there, I love kind of seeing the two of them fly together. They are so similar. Right, connect. Um, did you? Yeah. Did you she, cry she learned, this movie? Yeah. What? You cry watching this movie? No, but that's a that's a tall oh, task really? for me. I 
you know, oh, I don't. I got a, I got a little choked up. I got a little choked up in the scene where so Hiccup again tries his flying trick. It goes wrong. Toothless tackles him to the oh, ground. I and love when Toothless Balka- like gets mad at him for being reckless. I think yeah, that's the sweetest. Yeah, I, I love that moment. Those moments. It happens twice. Yes, um, but Valka holds his face in her hands, and she just looks at him and says something like, after all of this time, you took after me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that got me. Damn, that got, that got me. I didn't, like, cry, but it, 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 that yeah. got me. That was oh, very powerful. I, it, it warmed my heart, and, for sure. And then... And then any anything me saying like you know there were layers between that relationship they didn't get to whatever all that goes away when she like has that whole monologue that yeah she's like I she missed everything like yeah and I think she, she even she asks has him, a lot can you yeah. for, can you forgive me for this and Hiccup's right. like yeah of course yeah which is no beautiful. she she uh, does go through lovely. she has a lot of guilt that does get expressed throughout the the movie uh to both hiccup and stoic um but i think mechanics wise it is important to talk about what the the vibe over on her island is um yes of course uh well she also shows she's like i've been studying dragons this whole time i've been living amongst them for years uh she's also been mapping as it turns out she's also been mapping she's learned that uh dragons have cool buttons where if you press them they have fins that come up uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, part. she like presses a button or whatever, uh, like just an area behind Toothless's ears. And then he has uh, these two rows of fins. And she's like, he can make tighter turns now. And he's like, so Toothless is like so happy about his new fins. He was like very excited. Got an, I got it's an iOS so upgrade uh, on the dragon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's so cute. He's so excited about them. He's like, look at my cool new fins. Ugh, I want one. Uh, I want a Toothless. A dragon or fins? Uh, I'd take either, but I was talking about a dragon. A little, yeah. A dragon I don't know. I, I don't know if I can pull right off now. a fin, um, but uh, a dragon. I yeah, want. I guess it'd be tough. I want a toothless. Specifically, I want a toothless. Um, I want a tooth. Not those other stupid. Dumb no, toothless dragons. is like Fuck clearly off. the best one. Clearly, yes, of course. I do like her big dragons. I do like the bigger. He kind of reminded me of a manatee. Yeah, he's cute. Uh, if if Toothless is like a little cat dog, the big one is like a little manatee, like like an elephant, like one of those gentle giant animals. Yeah, oh for sure, um, like a cow or something. It's but it's a it's also like yes, I I I really uh yeah I like seeing Toothless interact with the other dragons, like the more quote unquote wild dragons, uh, playing and dancing and like unsure like getting sniffed by them and like what the hell yes uh, uh yeah he's like new to doggy daycare and all yeah. the regulars are like what is which this? is funny because it, you? you would it seems like oh toothless is a people pet you know one of those pets that don't but he hangs out with other yeah. dragons all the time he's a dragon for all people and all creatures really yeah uh but yeah so it turns out she's been living amongst dragons uh like learning as much as she can about them there is that whole island that she lives on answers and is run by this alpha creature called the Bewilderbeast. Um, that just and like that creature built the structure because he can breathe ice, right, and not fire. Yeah, so that's the big distinguisher. Yeah, he's a he's a massive creature that lives under water and builds their structures and defends them. 
and uh, just kind of like allows them to live peacefully in the secret island. And uh, everybody listens to him. He has like control over, over, over the other dragons, but the babies, and this is important, don't listen. And they're, they're still babies. They'll still mess with him and he won't hurt them. That's a very cute scene when it's introduced. Of just like the babies yes. like bouncing around on his face and he's just like, oh, yes, these little guys. Um, and, and yeah, you know, that it's, all... just, it's like a cute, it's like a cutesy little moment, but then it's like, comes back again. It comes back. This script it, it, yeah. is so good at, at doing that. Like, I really appreciate. Yeah. Mm, it's like everything do- is important yeah. in this babies movie. Babies don't listen to anyone, uh, which is cute. So but real. Then, yeah. Stoic, uh, knowing that Hiccup ran away to try to find Drago, uh, follows him and followed him to this uh, secret lair and finds him and uh, this dragon rider there who turns out to be his long lost wife. And Stoic, yeah, uh, I mean, he thought she was dead the whole time, so he doesn't really have a. He's probably just like happy to see her alive. That's that is what I understand more about Stoic's reaction than Hiccup's, because Hiccup was a baby; like he may as well not have had a mom at all. Um, and now it's yeah. like, well, actually, he's learning for the first time he did have the chance to have a mom. But for Stoic, well, I, it's like, well, Stoic- thank God you're alive. Well, yeah, Stoic is more happy to see his wife alive. Uh, she was a little like, are you mad at me? And then he was like, no. Yes. Uh, I did write, I mean, it, the note looks stupid. Stoic is a king. Uh, but like capital K. No, I, Stoic is a king. He yes. is such a king. That kiss Oof. when they first reunite, that framing, everything about it, is so beautiful. Yeah. Plus, you have like two real actors like Kate Blanchett, who is chewing this role up. She is so she's I great. Mean, of course, she's I mean, great. But she like the fact that it's an animated movie. She's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm still turning in an Academy Award winning performance. Kiss my ass. And Gerard Butler's like, and I will also get in on that as well. <laughs> Where's the fucking mic? Like that scene is so lovely between the two of them. You really hear the vulnerability. Um, the animation is so fucking good in this movie. Oh, like you, yeah. Oh, it's so that is such a lovely scene. Such a perfect, perfect scene. I will say. Uh, he's just happy to see her. I, I was still like, well, again, I'm glad she's al-. My reaction, my thought would have been like, well, I'm glad she's alive. My first instinct, yes, is happy. My second instinct would be like, well, then what the fuck? But again, yeah, I have raised yours, our son by myself this entire time. Like you never were curious to see how he was or how I was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if spoiler if he had like more time to live i think maybe <laughs> there would have been a conversation a conversation off camera between the two sure. of them but they did break out Definitely. into this lovely song and dance which i did yes sugar ross did you see that no sugar ross is back yonis there i think like lead singer um yeah he's like wrote this song john powell collabed in the last film but like for this movie they went back to the uh sugar ross well, oh, um, to write I, this song, I wrote down. I said one thing: Gerard Butler is gonna do is sing. Let me tell you something: if you cast Gerard Butler in a movie, you're gonna have a song in that movie, and he is gonna sing it. And I don't know why, and I don't know particularly why, but sure. This is a good. This is an interesting question: Is he a good singer? 
No, I I did. Okay, that song was a little rough. <laughs> that song was a little rough for me at the start, and I love a musical. It, it once once it like picked up and became like a happy fun song. But when I thought they were just yeah. breaking out into song about how much they've loved and missed each other, I was like, oh god, no! Why are we doing this? It yeah, turned but, itself around. Uh, you know, it definitely it could have sounded better. I also, and this is my theater background. I respect when an actor is willing to sacrifice vocal quality for like a true acting moment. And if you think about it, Stoic yeah. as a character, like, is he a good no, singer? No, Stoic's Do not we a good singer. Stoic to be? No. Like, he's singing kind of bad. And I wonder, like, on purpose? Maybe. I mean, I it did fit the character. That's why, like, the, the quality of the singing didn't bother this me is, that much. Because there's no way. The fa- yeah. This is the phantom of the opera. Like, I don't, I'm not going to weigh on his performance in that movie, but I don't think Andrew Lloyd Webber would just fully cast a non-singer. You know what I mean? Sure. No, that's, that's a good point. I, yeah, I do think he is, he is singing a stoic who is probably not a good singer and that it didn't bother me that much. I just was like, is this a movie really going to put this movie really going to put a ballad? No, I agree. It went on just like literally seven seconds too long in the slow part that I got a little bit nervous. Like, Oh, we're pivoting to a, uh, an animated movie musical um in this yeah, I, world. I guess that's fair enough, but um I I don't remember this much music in the other ones. Yeah. But you know what? It it turned out fine. Um we get the game. Yes. There's kind of a between then and the final or the third act, there's kind of a yada 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 moment <laughs> along. Until we uh, uh, with the other with the other characters coming after to find Hiccup and they get intervened with Eret, son of Eret. Yeah, yeah. The other characters that that BC story. Uh, <laughs> I like I, that you I called once... it a yada yada yada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it kind of is because they just like, oh, and we're gonna be here too. We're gonna find our way over there. Well, they get, it's just kind of pointless at the end of it because, like, they get captured by Eret. Eret takes them to Drago, and then Drago's like, kill them. And Eret's like, just kidding. I'm with you guys. And then breaks them out of there. And then it's like, okay, kind of like Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like, then why did Indy fight so hard to get the Ark of the Covenant if they were just going to open it and kill themselves anyway? You know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, right. look, I get it. But at the end of it, at the end of like this little part of the movie, like, we're back to stasis like i like other than like we've established that eret actually is one of us i like the kristen wig uh tough character here here's Um, again where i think tough uh, nut tough nut uh (laughs) again they are not acting like 20 year olds they are acting like 13 year olds when she she is yes she has a child like a schoolgirl crush on him she jumps off the dragon and says take me uh yes and yes. I'm like, girl, no, yes. <laughs> no, honey, girl, don't, no. don't do I will that say, for anyone. Uh, yeah, underrated. I did kind of like this weird love triangle between like Tough Nut and like the other two guys. Yeah, just because it's Kristen Wiig, who I want to commend Kristen Wiig for actually doing a character voice. I think right. so often when famos are brought into voice a character, like. They like I think of like a Chris Pratt. Like he just speaks into a microphone. Sure. Kristen Wiig is fully She's doing, doing a, a voice, yeah. fully realized character voice, which I appreciate. Yeah, and it's Christopher Mintz-Plassey and Jonah Hill. Yeah. and so just hearing three of them is 
fucking funny. Yeah, it, it goes on. Yeah, it's a little just like, I love her. No, I love her. Uh, it's it's something to bring a laugh yeah. into a movie that is otherwise a deeply emotional family reunion and like a two ideologies of this world meeting. <laughs> like it's something that... Because sure. actually, this is kind of a thick movie. It is. And like I, I think a lot of the characters that we were introduced to in the first one get pushed aside. Like Astrid really isn't in this movie. Uh, Astrid took a sabbatical for this film. She was busy filming a few other projects and was not available. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's really yeah. not in this one at all. She, yeah, uh, despite being promoted to fiance. <laughs> Which I didn't even hear about that until after the fact. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they all get there uh, eventually with Eric and uh, they're... And we get to, you know, the big fight where Hiccup's just going to talk to Drago. Yeah, Drago, doesn't his, like, fucking armada show up at the dragon's nest? And I think Eret and the gang are, like, closely followed. Um, Yes, this is where Hiccup is fully intending on just being like, listen, Drago, I know you may think of dragons as being one way. And we used to think that, too, on Burke. But actually, they're our friends. And Drago is like... I have already run an axe through your skull, you little fucking boy. Right. Um, I know that. I control the other, the bad bewildered beast. There's Is this where we learn that? Yes. This is where we learn that he's got a bewildered beast of himself. Yeah. And he is like. He's got one of his own. In his, in his army under his thumb, a, a bad one. Um, and yes. that the bewilder beast can like put a spell on dragons, which is very upsetting. Actually, I like not... as, when the movie ended, I thought about that, and I was thinking like that's actually really violent and scary, just, like violating about like he can control your mind. I don't know. Anytime just, like, like mind your... control is involved, yeah. I think that's very like intimate. It's a like weird. that's so. It's a little yeah. weird that he can just like yeah turn your pet against you into this monster. Oh, I felt so bad for two. And that he's using this like synchronicity between the dragons, like purely for evil and destruction. Like, you know, as it's presented in the movie, it's done in like a comically cartoony way. But when you actually think about that thematically, like that's dark, man, that's really kind of scary. That's That's actually truly scary. That's, that's some dark magic that, yeah, there's this guy out there who has, this beast that he can just like completely turn your best friend at any moment into a killing machine against you. Um, Right. So this big fight breaks out good versus evil. Great camera work across the board. In another stunning looking movie. Uh, The, the, I don't don't know what the term is for like camera work in animation, but like it's, there's still still cinematography. Like, yeah, it's still cinematography. It's still, yeah. Um, but but yeah, just like the little things like, um, this uh, not static. Oh, what's it called when like your controller vibrates when you're playing a video game? Whatever. Like you see the camera lens shake when they hit the ground. When something fly past the camera, the camera acts like, wind just hit it and like it's like these little detailed things in these that big make, fight sequences yeah. that really make it dynamic to it watch. makes a yeah uh like a, a very it must have been movie. a bitch to storyboard that and to put that together and sequence sure. that christ almighty damn 
Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, uh, the ice blast so is really in, cool. Uh, so cool. Yeah. We lose our good Bewilderbeast to the evil Bewilderbeast. Um, it looks like the fight is they're they're just really struggling in this fight. Um, it gets so bad that Hiccup, when he finally goes down to do like his little dragons are friends monologue to Drago, Drago's like, actually, let's see how much of a friend your dragon really is. And I wrote down in all caps, Toothless, stop, this isn't you. I hated this part. I hate this part of the movie. Oh, I I don't like I don't like it at all. That's not Toothless. Stop. I want to hold him back like, baby, this isn't you. This isn't you. I know this isn't you. Let's just go home. You're a sweet boy. You're you're just a sweet boy who who likes getting his ear scratched. It's not fair. And then he charges up to like Sonic Blast, Hiccup, and Stoic jumps in the way to save his son. And he he's killed by Toothless. Which is and then Hiccup lashes out. Which is so brutal. And then Hiccup lashes out at Toothless. I'm like, don't yell at him. Don't yell. You know that wasn't his fault. You know that wasn't his fault. You were there. You saw what happened. I don't like this part of the movie. No, it was very, um, it was almost a little bit Lion King reminiscent. Just maybe just because a dad died. But yeah, Hiccup going over to him and being like, dad, wake up and... And then toothless. Oh like god! The, yeah, yeah, like on they, the one hand, I hate this part of the movie, but on the other hand, like it raises so the stakes by a hundred. If toothless is like not He's, our guy anymore, I know. Uh, it yeah, and uh, yeah, it may it means hiccups. You know, the main dude, the thing that he's been kind of rejecting of becoming yeah, leader. Yeah, now of this he's been thrust into being king, chief of. It's this actually tribe very and- generous. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah. it's actually very generous. To like g- give him his mom back, <laughs> you know, at least right. he's not a fucking orphan after this incident. Right. But he is, uh, yeah, no, he's thrust into power, and we're just like, all right, well, everything you believed in, even naively, has been uh, taken away from you. Uh, and now your dad's dead, and now in this moment, uh, you have to take power. It's, it's super effective, uh, story wise, of like, okay, toothless. Yeah. Is- chief everything he's believed has kind of been turned on its head um now yeah he's he's realizing for the first time too that like some people really can't change and i definitely know like i've had to have that realization multiple times in my young life that it's like fuck you know you have these you have this hope and this optimism that all people are good and all people like you know can learn and grow and change but Actually, sometimes, no. Some people are just so set in their way, and that's typically based in fear and ignorance, just like with this. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's, I mean, it's, it's again, it's, it's very effective. I really respect that both this movie and the last one, they're really not afraid to get dramatic and to, like, really kind of get serious and... Yeah. I, I, it's like fucking sequel bingo to be like, it's darker than the last one. Like, I almost don't want to say it. It's just that this is a maturation of the movie we yeah. saw before. And kind of like, it. We, I think like for a generation of kids who genuinely may have grown up watching these movies in real time, kind of like Harry Potter for us, uh, 
you know, like at when we were growing up, it was like as Harry was learning, like sometimes people are bad. Like we were learning that too. Um, it's relatable, I guess, is the point I'm yeah. trying to make. It's, I get as much as I'm talking it's about true. Yeah, as much as I am making fun of, they're not acting like act like twenty year olds, like young adults. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're, yeah. they're still acting like teenagers, but they are. Yeah, the it is. It is a. You're right. They they are growing up. They are dealing with uh more profound things. Uh, before this, Stoic is trying to get Hiccup to become more of an a serious adult and he's kind of rejecting that and like flying around and just trying to find like new new islands and doing the things that interest him but uh he's gonna have to take on a lot more responsibility by the end of this movie in like a very serious way without um a support system that has always been there for him Uh, yeah can i ask do you think the age of these characters, like, do you think we could believe more time has passed between the first and the second movie if the vocal performances were slightly different? Because that was a thought I had, especially for Hiccup, that, like, that's the other thing, too. None of their voices change, and given the timeline of these characters being teen to 20, I don't know, I would imagine yeah. some of the guys would sound different. Yeah, yeah, they're... It's just kind of youthful. I mean, Jay Baruchel, it's, it's a youthful performance. Jay Baruchel has a, that very distinctive kind of higher pitch voice. Oh, I mean, like a Kristen Shaw. Like, yeah, sometimes you can't help it. But, um, I just mean like... Yeah, we could have dropped an octave or two. Uh, I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to be that Or just like a gruffness. He still sounds like, very... Yeah. He sounds like a teenager. He sounds like... Yeah, he still sounds... I mean, it's... Yes. It, it's kind of Jay Baruchel's voice that is very cracky, um, but yeah, I feel like there's something we could have done about that, uh, either in the performance I or myself, post. Yeah, I myself have gotten multiple acting notes over the years of like, I'm doing a scene and like, I'll get really like frantic and I'm all the way up here and like a director or an acting coach will tell me like, okay drop into your chest voice like meaning like don't let it get so high that it sounds pathetic or desperate um so i just personally think a few like a couple of those characters could have like yeah let's drop into a more grounded voice and just maybe a less youthful performance like i i not that the voice acting is is bad at all this would just be like my feedback if i was in the studio like Let's maybe sound like five years have passed in between right. the first and this movie, because I, I think that would have benefited some of the storytelling in terms of how these characters have grown since the last time we've seen them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I agree with that. Um, and that's what I'll say about that. Uh, yeah. But uh, we got to now Hiccup is grown up. He is thrust into the chief position and. uh well, now a boy has become a man, definitely, watching, knowing your father sacrificed himself. Oh, you know, actually, that's very complex. Your beloved dragon killed your father. Oh, yeah. He was intending on killing you, and the only reason why your dad died was because he was protecting you in his last moment of life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Damn. Also, your mom is back. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a lot going on for young Hiccup here, and uh, he's got to go Poor back. Hiccup. Uh, yeah. 20-year-old uh, Hiccup. Um, but, uh, he's got to go back. Yeah, so they go back to Burke. Re- resettle, reconfigure. What the fuck just happened? Uh. Yes. We got to get our boys Drago back. Drago has attacked their home village. Um, Hiccup shows up and he's like, 
I want to talk to my dragon. And Drago is like, well, he's under my spell, so good luck with that. But through the power of love, friendship, and by gently putting your hand in front of an animal so they can smell you and know that you're safe. Friends. Pick up. And Toothless are reunited. Toothless is able to shake off those to hypnosis because at the end of the day, he is truly loyal to his yeah. boy. And um, Hiccup now is back, is is reunited with Toothless. I have always said, I've, I always joke, like, if I came across a bear, I would, like, crouch down and put my hand down and be like. <laughs> but does Hiccup not literally crouch down and put his hand down? Yeah. Tell In front Toothless, of a thing like, that just tried to I'm kill sorry, him. I'm sorry, it's and not ke- your fault. Right. In front of a thing that just yeah. tried to kill him and then Lou killed his father. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, but you know, love this is another talk. part that kind of, kind of, kind of got me a little just to see Toothless, like his vision, oh. you know, clearing up, being able to see Hiccup, his eyes changing again. And then realizing what happened and, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, poor thing. Killed me. But uh, Toothless goes, tries to fight the Bewilderbeast on behalf of Hiccup, uh, with Hiccup. And the Bewilderbeast shoots ice at them, seemingly freezing them, killing them. But all of a sudden, that ice starts to glow. And then we get a blast out of the because ice. Because Toothless learned a new trick. He, he has Godzilla power. He, yeah, he has like these plasma blasts and he's glowing all blue and he's angry, but he's still so cute. And he's really like proud of himself. Like he got them out. He saved the day. He was able to... uh they, yes. they released uh, the babies because babies don't listen to the bewilder beast. They can't be under his spell. Yes. So the babies come in. They save the day. These little nuisance baby dragons uh, distract the bewilder beasts while Toothless uh, huffs and puffs at him uh, and eventually knocks him down. And Toothless becomes Alpha Dragon. Toothless also becomes... He's big, the king of the dragons. He also becomes big boy dragon. He becomes a big boy in this movie, too. And we're so proud of him. He's been through some shit. He's been through some dark times. Poor t- oh, my God, the guilt he must feel. I mean, he's passed obedience school with flying colors. He may have chewed up the couch, but we love him. We love him. him. I, and he may have killed his best friend's dad by accident. And who amongst us? Hasn't killed. <laughs> you know? I mean, we can't fault him for that. It wasn't him. Oh, God, that part really killed me. That was really- Honestly. That was upsetting. It wasn't just sad. It was upsetting. God. I, upsetting is the word. It really was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and then we end on how to train the, a dragon for you. Yeah, we come back full circle. This is Burke. We're doing, we're dunking sheep again on the backs of dragons. And uh, Hiccup has some stubble and is chief of Burke. Yay. Congratulations. Uh, with his with his mom, with his mom back at Burke. And we're all happy and we love our dragons. And uh, yeah, cute. Again, cute. I want a toothless. That's my main takeaway from this movie every time is I want a toothless. So sweet. Um, so sweet. His little stumpy little legs oh, and arms. Yeah. And his, and his big old. And his long. Do you, I can picture like holding toothless up like a cat and like his long Belly like stretching. scaly lizard body like like stretching very like far dangling. and it's actually like toothless is like 30 yeah. feet tall and just yeah his, like I can dumb little stumpy arms clearly. just like wiggle in there oh love him 
Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't wait for the next one because there's a little girl there's dragon. A little there's girl gonna be dragon. another little girl dragon. Yeah. But uh, yeah. How do you think this uh, stacked up overall? I think it's wonderful. I think like both this movie is as equally good to the last movie. Honestly, like I don't think necessarily one is better than the other. I think this does a nice job of expanding on uh, what they did before. Which we got called out on the Patreon, by the way, for not talking enough about John Powell and the score, which is like genuinely magical. Oh. I read, I uh, skimmed, and by read, I mean I skimmed, a interview he did with Collider specifically talking about this soundtrack. And something that I thought was interesting was like um, the interviewer was like, you know, for animated movies, like they could have just taken the score you made for the first one and then just reused it. Like there's absolutely no reason for you to do like I mean, that a score to was an animated incredible. film. Yeah. So, yeah, and basically John Powell was like, well, first of all, I like the director. I like working. I guess the author um, of the original books also is, like, pretty involved in making these movies. And he said that uh, at the Academy Awards where How to Train Your Dragon 1 had been nominated, he, like, made this quip about being drunk and kind of celebrating the night with the dragon crew. And he turned to the director and was like, hey, don't use filler music when you're making the sequel <laughs> meaning so when director like when editors are putting together movies they're putting together rough cuts sometimes they'll just use like any fucking music at all to kind of set the tone to demonstrate like hey this is what we think it's going to sound it's going to sound something like this the problem with that is by the time the uh by the time it actually gets to the music supervisor sometimes directors and studios are just like hey make an exact replica of this song that we used which is why, like, the Hans Zimmer Inception is, like, in right. every fucking movie. And so for How to Train Your Dragon 2, they respected John Powell's wishes. They really did not use filler music at all. When they did, sometimes they would just use what John Powell had already made for the first movie. And so by the time, like, John Powell and Sigur Ross got together to make the soundtrack for this, it was, like, cool, we now have carte blanche because there's no expectations from anybody else as to what we're going to bring to this. So he talks about like wanting to obviously honor the first soundtrack, but expand on it, like not make it the same thing, take themes that they already had. They were talking technical, like it was like a 100 piece orchestra with like 50 Damn. Norwegian singers, some crazy shit like that. They also flew the filmmakers out to Norway, including Roger Deakins, to take a look at like Oslo and the fjords and just like right. Norway head to toe. Um, Dean Dubois explained, this is a direct quote. He directed Lilo and Stitch and he said, quote, if you set an animated film in a place you want to visit, there's a chance you might actually get to go there. So it sounds hey. like all of them were like, fuck A. The Adam Sandler. Free goddamn trip to Norway for a couple of weeks. Right, the Adam Sandler Yeah, so it sounds like... Of like... Exactly. Yeah. You can make more money with a flop than with a hit, but make the flop in fucking Hawaii. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like everything I read from the director, from John Powell, like, it just sounds like going into this movie, DreamWorks was like, listen, you guys fucking hit it out of the park the first time around so do it again whatever you need to do to make that happen to again here yeah and they they had like five years to make this movie like uh it, maybe because i'm a star wars fan but like refreshing to see a sequel that's like no you guys did it the first time do it again make it better and yeah. different and we trust you to follow through on this vision and apparently dean de also only came back to this movie 
because uh, he was he was like, listen, I'll make a sequel, but if I'm making a sequel, I'm making a trilogy, bitch. So this was always going to be a trilogy. This is a uh, sequel a with real a trilogy, trilogy in mind. I think that's kind of sick. Yeah. Uh, and this film premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, wow. if you can believe that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was good. I, I, I think I still prefer the first one. The first one feels more dynamic Fair to enough. Me. Um, this one had moments to me that kind of lulled. Um, that isn't sure. That isn't to say I didn't enjoy it, and I like the like maturation of the story, and uh, you know where it's taking it. I really love to hear that like it was conceived as a trilogy, and that's what they set out to make. So once once it was greenlit for a sequel, it was a trilogy. I I really like that. I like that. That's what it was in his mind. Even with the first, like we could have ended it on the first one, or we're doing a trilogy. Yes. Um, I think and that's the way even trilogy they know should it's be a trilogy, done. That's the way they got to be done. Yes. And even though they know it's a trilogy, this movie does not end on a cliffhanger. No. All of my questions are answered and I feel no, satisfied they're all, at the end of the movie. Like I watched a complete they're story. All, they're all, um, yeah, they're all complete stories that don't rely on each other, but they build off each other in a really satisfying yes. way, in a way that fits and, and makes sense for the world that they've built. And uh, this is still a good movie, and I still love hanging out with Toothless and the gang uh, in Burke. So. I'm a little biased because this was the first movie of these that I saw. Oh, okay. And yeah. I remember, like, uh, my, I think... my roommate just had it on. I was like, oh, yeah, this movie that, like, came out when we were, like, in high school, whatever. And then she was like, no, have you seen them? They're actually very good. They're very good. I guess Uh, I'll watch this one. And they are very good. Yeah. I actually think this movie should have won the Oscar. I looked up who won Best Animated Film, and it was Big Hero 6. I didn't see that Which I do like Baymax. Talk about it. Oh, Baymax is cute. Baymax is cute. cute. And And there's a cat. And very, yeah. There's a cat in that movie, too. But I don't think Big Hero 6 is a better movie than this movie, personally. Yeah, maybe it's just a sequel bias. Uh, maybe just because it is a sequel. See, Well, and a Disney a Disney bias as well. Sure. Big Hero 6 is Disney. This is DreamWorks. It's a, yeah, and it's also, yeah, yeah, I feel like a sequel will never get as much love as, like, an original first movie. Uh, not the... Yeah, not hard to do that at the Academy Awards. Yeah. Uh, but this is a, a very good... Sequel. I think I'm a person who's always gonna be by even if the sequel, the second one is good, I'm always gonna say you need the first. Like I'm still gonna put the first over the Sure, sure, sure. Uh but all these movies I was looking up on Rotten Tomatoes in the nineties for critic score. Uh I think the lowest is like high eighties. Um they're they're good. Yeah, we talked about this last time. They they're they are hugely commercially sex successful. Yeah. There's a fucking spinoff television series, which is also very successful and very beloved. And still, I find these movies to be underrated. Like, yeah. I feel like when we talk about really strong scripts, really good examples of like a compelling and mature storytelling, especially in terms of a franchise or a trilogy, like, why is this these films not more in the conversation? Yeah. No, I agree. These, these movies are justice so- for How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Franchise. Justice for Toothless. It wasn't his fault. And we will... It what? I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, we'll, we'll be back. We got one we'll more. We'll be back. We'll be back with more dragons. More dragons. More Toothless. And um, another another trilogy is about to be uh, put in the, in the book. Yeah. In the, in the vault. In the, in the series. In the canon. Even yeah. 
Uh, yeah, as always, you know, uh, if you if you're not already, uh, subscribe to Small Beans on whatever podcast service you like to do that rate and review on itunes uh leave us a comment on our patreon or even a couple dollars uh and sarah i know you got some stuff you want to talk about uh yeah well i was gonna say that bridget and i are also on twitter uh bridget is at bridget tweets true. there's three t's in that right in bridget row. tweets yeah. um and then i'm on twitter at sk underscore griffith we are also in the middle of a fundraising campaign for a series Bridget and I are working on, although I think by the time this comes out, that will be wrapped up. But we'll see if you hear this and the campaign has officially come to an end on Indiegogo. You can still support New Load. There's plenty of ways to do that. You can always, if you're about to give me money, you can always tweet me. Well, for- <laughs> you can always DM me. Um I will always I will always accept money even after an Indiegogo may have officially finished. So uh stay tuned. Bridge and I um have been writing the series. It's very funny, it's very good. And uh yeah. you'll be getting some more information about that in the following months and years. So follow us on Twitter yeah. for that. All right. And That's we'll it. be back with the Hidden World. Hidden World. Trading Dragons 3. Them. This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you.